year 2023 is your year. You best believe it. It is your year. You must expect good things to happen to you this year. Oh ho. Welcome to the Word of Truth radio program. That clip you just heard is from last week's broadcast. You can catch up on the podcast at www.pastorobi.com slash podcast or search for Pastorobi podcast on Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast and on your favorite podcast platform. Today, Pastor Obi speaks on how to be expectant of what God is set to do in our lives this year. Relax and invite your friends and family to join you for an awesome time, as the word of truth is rightly divided. Here is Pastor Obi. I'm continuing from where I stopped and hopefully I'm going to end it today. We talked about expectation and I talked to you about the analogy God, the Holy Spirit gave me when I was brooding on this. He talked to me about a pregnant woman. You know, the things that happen. First off, she needs to first conceive a baby in her and that conception comes from the sperm of God's word from the sperm of God's word and I told you that whatever you're trusting God for you're believing God for go and get the scriptures that are connected to that get God's promises that are connected to that hold on to it meditate on it until there is conception <laughs> and I showed the scripture that in first Peter chapter 1 verse 23 and I showed you in verse 25, in the message translation, where it says that God's word goes on and on forever. That means that whenever God sends his word, it does not return back to him void till it accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. So when you take your dreams, your goals, your ambitions, your visions, your expectations, and you get the relevant scripture that surrounds it or that has been spoken by God's word regarding that thing, Fuse them together. The word makes sure that your dreams, your visions, and goals will not <laughs> be aborted till the word regarding that accomplishes its purpose. And this reminds me of what happened between my wife and I. Uh, while we are cutting and all that, we had this agreement that we're going to enjoy ourselves for six months before we start trying for a baby. And we agreed. And when we got married, we got married in April 1st of 2006. We've known each other, dated for seven years. A month before then, back, back home in Nigeria, we usually have to do a one-year compulsory national service. You know, the first month of that year, we go to like a paramilitary camp where we are drilled. <laughs> we are taught how to be disciplined by military men and all that. Then the rest of the year, the 11 months, we go work for peanuts for government agencies. And we must do it for one year. There about towards the end of August or the beginning of September, she left for that national service. Or oh, I think I'm getting my month wrong. I think it's supposed to be October or thereabouts. But what I'm saying is that the sixth month that we agreed to start trying fell while she was in that camp. We call it the orientation camp. And you have to be there for one month and you're not permitted to leave till that one month is done. But they coincided. And you know where I'm from, it's not the same as in the UK, you know, newly where especially the wives are put under immense pressure to have a child. So when you once you marry, 
Whenever women and aunties see you, they'll ask you, mm, what's going on? Are you pregnant? There'll be you no know, <laughs> jabbing you, throwing jabs at you and all that, checking if you're pregnant. And women are always under pressure. Do you know what she did? Unlike my wife, she snuck out from the orientation camp. My wife is a proper keep to the rules kind of person, not like me, that flaunt rules. I remember my own camp, orientation camp. I only slept in the camp, I think, for two nights. Yeah, I think two nights, no more than that. That's me. But my wife is opposite. She keeps to the rules. She does everything. You know, she doesn't want trouble for anyone. But because of her expectation <laughs> of having her own child, she did what naturally she would not do. She snuck out, ran home, and jumped on me. <laughs> Listen to me. Where your expectation gets so strong, it causes you to take drastic action. Oh, you didn't hear me. You cannot be expecting something and you're not acting towards it. How you know that you truly believe that your expectations will not be cut off, that they will come to pass, is seen in your actions. Lo and behold, nine months from that day, our first son, came through because she acted why she needed to conceive last Sunday I talked to you about how a woman becomes a wife and a wife becomes an expecting mother though she does not have a child yet you look at her and you call her a mother and yet she does not have a child what turns a woman, a wife, into a mother is because you see some certain signs on her to show that she's expecting a baby. Whenever you're expecting a miracle from God, there's some certain things I will see on and around you in your actions and inactions for me to know if truly you're expecting this or if truly you're just wishing for it. And as we stopped last Sunday, I will show you how you know <laughs> if you are in expectation. How to become expectant. And I showed you number one about the seed. I showed you the second one. And that's where we stop. How to patiently wait. How to patiently expect. Oh, go get last Sunday sermon. It's fantastic. How to patiently expect. And the Holy Spirit told me, look out for signs in a woman that is pregnant. That her body changes because she has conceived. So things start changing in her because she's carrying a child. He said, these are the signs. Also, if you look out for in somebody that's expectant, you can confirm that that miracle must surely come. It's just a matter of time. And the first one I showed you is that because the, her tummy is protrude, uh, protruding, it is putting weight on her bladder and she goes to ease herself frequently in the toilet. And I told you, when truly you're expecting a miracle from God, you are careful what you listen to. You are sifting that, sifting out impurities, sifting out anything that will affect your faith, your belief, taking out anything that will cause you to worry, removing anxiety. Just like what Paul said. He said, think on these things. So you are constantly going to the toilet to remove them from your system. If not, you might catch an infection that might affect the baby. 
If not, if you don't remove those things, plant it into your mind and your heart, it might affect your dreams, your goals that you are carrying. That you are carrying on your inside. Number two, I talked to you about heartburns and ingestion. Women, when they are pregnant, some of them usually have heartburns. The same thing, because the tummy is getting bigger, the other one is that he's putting pressure downwards on the bladder. The other part is he's putting pressure not easternly on your, on your stomach. This one is a bit like the first point. The difference between this and the first point is that the first point has already entered you when your system drains it out. But for this now, you'll be careful. Like if you're pregnant for the first time, there's some things if you eat, you notice hard bones. What do you do? You avoid it. You stop eating them. You be careful who you are listening to when you are carrying that baby. Last night, I told you how Mary, the mother of Jesus, left where she was and located somebody else carrying similar vision, her cousin Elizabeth, and they stayed together. Who are you listening to? What environment are you in? Are they causing you spiritual indigestion and heartburns? Take them out. Avoid such people. Avoid them. Because they will make you uncomfortable in your waiting period. The next thing I, told, I wrote down here is fatigue and tiredness. And this is very, very common whenever you're expecting something from God. It gets to a point, you've not received that thing, it's as if your faith is failing. You are tired of waiting. You are tired of expecting. Oh, the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. How do I expect from the Lord? What are the things I need to do while expecting? You must learn how to cultivate the presence of God all around you. Because in His presence is where you find strength. In His presence is where spiritual fatigue is taken away. Because the strength of God comes in your waiting in His presence. And this is important when you are expecting a miracle from God to know this. Learn, practice the presence of God. This is what will see you through that waiting period. Another thing that happens to a woman's body when she's pregnant is that she has crazy food cravings and aversions. <laughs> All of a sudden, she'll say, I want to eat this. Oh, I want pepper soup. Oh, honey, I want that, that, that food we ate on vacation in Thailand. And you're in the UK. How would you go to Thailand and get the food? Crazy, crazy food cravings from nowhere starts coming. And crazy food aversion. That's something she usually likes normally, but because she's pregnant, she hates. In fact, once she perceives them, <laughs> she gets so annoyed. She doesn't want to smell it. You know, women, when they're sensitive, their sense of smell is heightened. It's heightened. You notice that everything they're saying borders round on the same thing. What does this one mean? This is when, if you're trusting God for a child, you don't go about reading scriptures on um, knowledge and wisdom. 
What does knowledge and wisdom have to do with this 13-year-old barrenness? You must have specific food craving. What is food in this aspect? The word of the Lord is food. The Bible says that his word is like bread. <laughs> when Satan tempted Jesus, he said, Man shall not live by physical bread alone, but by the bread of God's word. You must have peculiar cravings. And I tell people that get to listen that I feed on faith almost every day of my life. It is my specific food craving. Why? The Bible has told me that a just shall live by faith. Meaning faith should be my lifestyle. Now, to make faith my lifestyle, I must make it my daily intake of meal, of spiritual meal. So I take in faith daily so I can live by faith daily. So you're expecting God for, for a child. Go and get all the scriptures of fruitfulness. That should be your specific craving. Your aversion at that moment should be scriptures of wisdom because you don't need it. So to say, if you know what I mean. Just focus on the word of God that surrounds the thing that you trust God for. Oh, Jerry Savell, one of the men that, that unlocked spiritual mysteries for me when I started this walk of faith with God, told the story of how her second child lost two of her middle fingers. And they've recently heard the word of faith being preached by Kenneth Copeland. They said, do you know what he did? He went, bought all the faith messages of Kenneth Copeland he could lay hand on, bought all of the faith messages he could lay hand on from Kenneth Hagin, that for hours every day, he would lock himself in his room, soaking them in. So the next thing they did is they went to their TV, unplugged it from the wall. Went to their radio, unplugged it from the wall because they didn't want to hear any negativity. Bad news and all that. They stopped their monthly subscription of newspapers and magazines. This is what I'm telling you. He removed hard bonds. He locked himself in the room and ingested faith and urinated every other thing like doubt, fear and worry. He was specific on what he was eating. <laughs> His food, spiritual food craving, was specific on faith and healing. Long story short, they went back to the plastic surgery that saw the daughter. The last time I said there is no hope. You can't have. The only thing they can do is to get a skin graft and put it around it. When he heals, she's going to have a stump. She just heal. It will not grow back. But he rejected that report. Fast forward. They did this before their next appointment with the best plastic surgeon of their, in their region at that time. And then they did for the next appointment. The doctor came, was taking out the bandages just to check if the he wound has healed. And by the time he was done, the atheist doctor shouted, My God! <laughs> and the survivor was like, your God? What is going on? And they ran to where he was and they looked. They found out that the little girl's fingers had grown, grown, meaning bones grew, cartilages grew. He said it didn't only grow back, her fingernails grew back. Jezebel said to the man, oh, no, 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 it's not your God because you're an atheist. He said, my God is the one that worked this miracle.
Pastor Obi will continue this message next week at the same time on the same channel. He will love to hear from you. Please send him a message on Facebook or Instagram at Pastor Cob. That is Pastor Letter Cob. Follow him on these platforms. Till next week, go succeed, go prosper, for God is with you.